Bandwidth for this week in photography is brought to you by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This Week in Photography is brought to you by Drobo. Find out how you can get your own Drobo at drobo.com slash twip. Hey everyone, we're back for yet another episode of Twip, and we've got um, we're missing missing one of our key our key people here. Scott had some technical issues, so Scott Bourne is going to be without us today. He was here, he was right here, but his mic- we've recorded all kinds of really clever banter with him that you're not going to get to hear. It was it was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. The best stuff ever, ever, ever. And uh, and uh, but Scott's having some uh, some mic difficulties there, so we're gonna, uh, you know, it was a lot of scratchiness. It sounded like squirrels were in the in the actual show, and I thought that might not be good. So uh, you know, squirrels. You know, this is a show about photography, not squirrels. So we had to uh, had to back away from that. Uh, Steve Simon's coming in from uh, New York. Hey, Steve. Hey guys, I'm in New York, and it was snowing, but then when Scott went away, it the stopped. snow just stopped. I'm telling you, I'm looking out there, I'm, I'm sad because the snow has stopped as well, and, and Scott's not here, so, but I'll, I'll be strong, I'll continue. <laughs> Don't cry, Steve, don't cry. Is, uh, uh, Ron, are you yes. coming in from Seattle? Coming in from Seattle, it's no longer snowing, but, but it's nice cold. and chilly. It's in the in the twenties. I actually had a, a homeless guy ask me if I needed a pair of socks. <laughs> that really nice. happened. Yeah. <laughs> it did. He was, you know, it's like you, you need a pair of socks because I got an extra pair. Yeah, they're little. They're, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was very nice. And now, Fred, it's it's just chilly in uh, uh, where you're coming in from, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just chilly. It's like in the I don't know forties or fifties, but you know, it's it's. You know, by by Steve's standards, over on the on the right coast over there, it's uh, it's balmy. <laughs> you know, San Jose and San Francisco. You know, it it doesn't really get that ever get that cold. I mean, I've worn long johns more in Japan than I think I have in ten years. You know, so. <laughs> I don't think I've heard them called long johns since I was like sixteen years old. <laughs> what else do you call? Long underwear. How, I how old are you, John? Grandpa Alex? Durbles. Long John Durbles. has that, that connotation of like the red flannel now with the little flap you can unbutton in the back. You lose an ear, boy. Right, Jed Clamp. Long Johns. Probably should have taken that, uh, that, those socks from the homeless guy for Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, after the show, you're going to go brew up some moonshine or something? <laughs> Now, see, if Scott was here, he'd be telling us we're already getting too jocular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna get, there's going to be some complaints. Calm down, people. Come on. <laughs> hey, Aaron, are, are you wearing any long johns in, in Virginia? No, I wish I had a reason to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the weather's been entirely too warm this winter, but I'm, I'm hoping for some snow before it's all said and done. Oh, do, you, do you get any snow in Virginia? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've had some pretty massive snows here in, in years, but it's last couple of years we haven't gotten enough, and it's I'm a snow person, so it's pretty disappointing. All right. Now, make sure to uh, check out link, the linking contest for twipphoto.com. Uh, it is kind of an ongoing thing there with, uh, uh, with uh, twipphoto.com. You can get uh, three of Scott's 88 secret books and a free one-year premium subscription to lynda.com. Uh, we've also got the a- Aperture Nature Photography Contest, and you can find out more about that at twipphoto.com. Now, we've got, um, we've got some news. Today is going to be a big day. We're going to prep people for Christmas. If you put, put off your Christmas buying until the la- very last minute by the sh- time the show comes out, we're going to give you some tips on that. But uh, first of all, we've got uh, Apple releases a digital camera rock compatibility update. So uh, here is the, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> some of these I don't think a lot of our listeners are using, but uh, of course it has the, the Mark II, the, the 5D Mark II Canon, uh, Canon PowerShot G10, Pentax K2000, and then Leaf, a, a whole slew of Leaf cameras and a Leica 8. M8.2. Uh, and this quote-unquote addresses issues related to specific cameras and overall stability. <laughs> so we're not sure exactly what that means, but it is now better. So, and for uh, all of us uh, LX3 users, the the absence of that is notable still. 
uh, no, it's a no-win situation for these guys unless they release, you know, raw support for every camera that people own. I mean, well, I would gonna just be- the popular cameras would be good. And LX3 just my cameras good. would be good. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, they should listen to the show and they should realize that the LX3 is an important camera to support because a lot of us have one. You know, I think they are. I think they are, and I think we're going to see it. It's just you know, it doesn't. It's not already at the same time. I know. I know. Oh. It, I got to tell you, shooting raw on an LX3 without support <laughs> is uh, with with the with that crappy software that comes with it. What what is that software that is that? Um, yeah. I can't think. I can't even think of the name. I open it up because I, I shot about a half of a memory card of, of raw, and pretty much decided ah, I'm not going to do that anymore because mm. I, it's like it's like post processing in Pong. Oh my gosh! It is it is the most insane, insanely bad software for it's the Silky Picks Developer Studio, and I think part of the reason I'm so bent about it is because I'm forced to use it. <laughs> you know, you know that you have to use it to to quote unquote develop your photos is really crazy annoying. So I just went back to shooting JPEGs. You know, wouldn't it be cool if these camera manufacturers all got together and supported a common raw? Format, you know, that like a not, like sort of like insane. a digital negative or DNG. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't we have like a room at the UN? Couldn't we have a room at the UN? You know, if if, if, only, if there was only a company that could that was big enough to to push. Yeah, who could do that? Who I don't know. I mean, it would be great if someone like Adobe would do that. You know, I mean that that would be that would be what I see. We, see, we can talk like this now because Fred's no longer at Adobe. So we, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we can uh, we can chat about that, but we can still say that everyone should use DNG and call it a day. So yeah. uh, so also Polaroid files for Chapter Eleven. Now Chapter I Eleven like- is not Chapter Thirteen, so it yeah. doesn't mean they're selling off their assets. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're not selling off their last buckets of Polaroid film. They are simply restructuring. A, a lot of people do this in, in downturns, especially when uh, your market has been uh, hit pretty hard. And uh, so Polaroid is, is restructuring, trying to figure stuff out. I think they're trying to figure out what, what happens next. I mean, the, this is obviously digital. The digital revolution has massively affected Polaroid. So can somebody tell me what Polaroid sells nowadays? I think they have some digital cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're doing a few See, things, but you that's, know that's the problem, Polaroid. Alex. Yeah, yeah, I know <laughs> that is the problem. I think, I think they have. I think, I, I, I think they I, sell couches now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so sad to see a giant like Polaroid, you know, that that sort of invented a new way of doing things to kind of you know fall to where they're at now. I mean, I don't know. I thought they're on chapter twenty-one by now because this has happened before. <laughs> right. And and I have seen, I have seen. I was at Best Buy. They have this new little mini printer that makes these little mini uh, photos uh, for your digital um, camera and so on. They're right. really kind of nice. Something I think, Alex. You know, if you're going to Africa, it'd be nice to have the, one of those too. You know, they have Polaroid used to make this uh, really really small camera that would do the same thing. That would shoot. That was sticky. It was what? It was sticky photos that you can stick as stickers. Yeah, they were like they were like well, they were just tiny little. We 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 shot them and they were just tiny little photos that you would take. It was like a really really small camera. The photos were like the size of thirty five millimeter film or whatever, and you just fire them off and you'd hand them out. And we did actually do that. We had a, a one of our videographers w- was handing those out in Africa, and they were really great. Um, you know, I you know it's funny. I have a, I actually have a Polaroid on my desk. My uh, my. Uh, my mother-in-law still shoots with a Polaroid, and uh, and so there's a picture of my son that she gave me, and uh, you know there is something very uh, physical about it. But aside from those edge cases, though, you know, playing devil's advocate here, and I may get in trouble, but you know, aside from the edge cases when people actually want to f- hand a, a physical print, like you're in Africa and you want to give some prints out to people, that kind of thing. Um, don't most people just want to share online? Like, isn't Flickr Flickr to Polaroid what Craigslist is to newspapers? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that that's the real problem. I think that, that, and and, you know, what was interesting is is that Polaroid was really way out in front. Uh, I don't know if you remember, in 1996 or 1997, they released a pretty cool digital camera. It, it looked like a little spaceship. It was like this little black camera and they, they sent me one to, to test when I was at, at Lucasfilm. And they, but it, was, it looked like this little spaceship uh, of a camera. They were really trying to experiment. You could tell that they knew what was coming. You know, they, they saw it way out in the distance they just, and, they, and they started to experiment with it and they just didn't quite you know, ever really make the turn. 
they, they had uh, some nice digital scanners that a lot of people were using at the time. But I have to say, I have to admit that when I saw these little Polaroid um, printers, um, I thought to myself, you know what? That, that is cool. That is different from everything else on the market. And, and that is what Polaroid is about. And, and it seemed to me that they were still here and they were sticking to you know, that sort of innovative approach to come up with some little idea and just go with it. But maybe it's just not enough these days. Yeah. Yeah, so so hopefully they will uh, find their way out of Chapter 11. Uh, also uh, in the news today, uh, Lightroom 2.2 is now available. 2.2, yep. 2.2, new camera support for uh, the 5D Mark II, Canon PowerShot G10, Panasonic uh, G1, Panasonic FX150, Panasonic FX, FZ28, the LX3. Mm. <laughs> I want to say that one more time. The Panasonic LX3. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, <Run>. Lux 4 <laughs> and uh, anyway there's quite a few uh, uh, bug fixes in the area of slideshows uh, web galleries improved launch times etc etc biggest so you know go ahead. You, you know before you go into those enhancements Ron I was going to mention a workaround for you guys I know that uh, you were mentioning using the pain in using something like silky pics to process your raw photos. Right. But you don't, if you're not a Lightroom user, you don't necessarily have to be one just to get the, the right. DMC you know, support for that. You could use the, uh, the, uh, the raw converter that, that, that Adobe offers for free on the website. So you can, the, the raw converter will convert things into uh, DNG format from whatever supported by Camera Raw, which is now these these uh, cameras that you just listed. Yep. So it'll convert them directly into DNG, which is a raw format, which can then be read into, you know, whatever application you want to use, whether it be Lightroom or Aperture or whatever. Yeah, and, and that was that was actually my backup plan. And for whatever reason, I haven't been able to get that to work either. But I think I may have done something wrong with the install of the Camera Raw. Well, it wouldn't work until until the camera was supported. So now it's supported after this 2.2 update. You know, yeah, they, they just yeah, they update, they update Camera Raw and Lightroom in parallel. You could, you, could, right. you could use Lightroom to convert all your photos, and then you could use Aperture, and then and then you could be very confused and have and have all of your fi- files in both. And <laughs> never mind, never mind. We'll, we'll go back. To it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, just use the DNG converter. You right. don't even need right. to use Lightroom. Absolutely, just download just that that. everything over to DNG. No, no, that that was the plan, but no, I mean, I have downloaded the latest version of Adobe Camera Raw, and I still had some some problems with getting it to work right but that's a weekend project so that'll be that'll we'll we'll let you know how that's going next week for everyone who i don't know if we're gonna anyway so the uh uh canon uh publishes a white paper on the on the 50d and the 5d what is this aaron is this a 77 page page uh pdf and discusses uh, a marketing piece just a big (laughs) big marketing so it's not really a white paper if it's just a big marketing piece All right. Well, they yeah, refer to it as a white paper. Yeah, it has some technical. It has some interesting stuff in there in the sense that it does talk a little bit about how the sensor configurations are and for some of the autofocus. So it tells you a little bit more about sort of which sensors are the low light sensors and how that's set up. So conceivably, there's information that's actually practical to, you know, that would modify how you might shoot um, for any given camera. But a lot of it is fluff. Yeah, it's, you know, out of that 77 pages, the uh, the content could be. You know, it's small. And apparently, they're going to be addressing the the black dot issue that's plagued certain 5D Mark II owners. So apparently, that's going to be addressed by software coming software coming soon. Maybe by the time this this airs. They, they, I don't. Yeah, I haven't. We haven't seen the announcement when we're uh, since we've uh, recorded this, but but it sounds like it's on its way. It, they've they've announced. They've acknowledged that it exists. Is about as much as I've seen. Right. Also released uh, is the 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 gyro guy uh, optic. Is that right, Steve? Yeah. Well, I, I I saw it. I forget where I saw it, but it's um it's a three hundred and sixty degree um uh, camera, panoramic digital camera that apparently is very easy to use. It's kind of aimed at real estate people. You know, people that need that sort of three hundred and sixty degree vista. But uh, it looks kind of weird and it looks sort of like a blender <laughs> but, uh, but it's it's it i didn't see a price on it but i don't know if you guys have looked at it yeah, but a lot of the this is actually not they they I, i'm not sure whether they bought this technology or because they, they're really talking about it like it's new this is this type of mirror has been around for uh, at least five years so uh what this is is it's a it's a little it's a little mirror that the camera actually points up into 
So it attaches to the lens. You point the camera straight up. The mirror looks at everything and takes one. You take one picture, and it captures the entire area around whatever the camera is taking. It's it's about it's a hundred. It's a it's three hundred and sixty degrees, and then I don't know exactly what the field of view is, but it's about uh, I think I want to say forty five degrees or something like that. It's not really really wide. It's not like you can see the floor and the ceiling. You mostly just see what's straight around it. Uh, the issue with it, of course, is, is it's only as good as the mirror. And so when you're, when you're not paying a lot of money for that mirror, you tend, it tends to be a little bit soft. What's really great about it, what it's really designed for is people who are doing... Uh, it's an all-in-one, you know, single-button, click kind of solution. Yeah, really it it looks like... It's, it's $1,000, though. $1,000. Oh, this one's $1,000? Okay, some of the, yeah. the, the past ones have been actually less expensive, I think. Yeah, and, It's and, not a lens for a body. It's a completely self-contained camera, essentially. Yes. I think that's what sets it apart. And that might be it. That, that they've really, it's been, they've, been, they've had ones that, that would attach to a camera in the, uh, in the past. So uh, that, this must be the, the, the kind of the next process down that. So. Um, next is Pentax announces a K2000. So um, not the 1000, but the K2000. And is this right that the... the uh, the UK MSRP is fifty pounds. Oh no, no, that that's that's for the that's for the lens, right? UK, UK MSRP is uh, uh, four hundred and forty pounds, so it's still like a thousand dollars. What makes this special, Aaron? Is this any? Uh, is this a, just a new camera? Is there anything? Well, I, th- I think it's actually referred to as a limited edition because the body of it's white, which tends to look kind of like a stormtrooper or cookies right. and cream. But right. <laughs> I think it comes with two lenses at that price. It looks like. Oh no! Well, for five fifty, yeah. we lines, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, Side of the week is we have Keith. Uh, I, I can't say. I don't want to say. Is Lloyd? Lloyd? It? Lloyd? It? Um, I'm gonna guess it. Loud it. Loud Time lapse videos. <laughs> so, uh, Aaron, can you give us a little background on this? Uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's a site with uh, I think there's about six videos on it put together by this artist, and um, it's just a really fascinating site to watch. What he's done is used a tilt shift lens, which has the tendency to make the scene look uh, like miniatures, uh, because you have your depth of field is extremely shallow, and, and you can almost choose where to place that depth of field in the process, so or, or where the sharp parts are in the image. But the ultimate effect is that everybody and everything in the scene has a tendency to look like a diorama or a miniature. And what he's done is he's done time-lapse videos using this and set it to really fantastic music with some great editing. So it, it really enhances that sense of looking like a miniature. Um, so these are real scenes of uh, Sydney Harbour in Australia with boats and people and people on the beach and so on. But with a combination of music, the time-lapse, and the particular use of a tilt-shift lens, I just find them incredibly engaging to watch. And one of the most fun of the six is one called Bathtub 3, and we'll put a link in the show notes for you. It's pretty cool. They are fun to watch, and time lapse is is cool. I have to admit, I know Alex, you went out and got that time lapse camera, you know, for specific reasons, but, <laughs> but they're they're just they're just fun to to watch. You know, they really are, and and, and we've been I, what I've been doing with it is, of course, shooting time lapse of film crews putting you know setting up because you, you see these big things all set up and you don't know really how they got there, and it's it was it's really kind of fun to kind of put the stuff together. I'm I have to admit, I'm amazed, just amazed that cam- more camera companies don't just put that into the camera. You know, it, it's just one of those things that that you you would you think should be in every camera. In fact, I'm looking at going back and getting a G9 because the Ricoh 10, you know, is fine. It does time lapse, but it's a it's not a really great camera. You know, it's it's a uh, it, it's all automatic. I can't figure out how to do anything manual with it. Um, I can only do five second increments. I can't do one second increments, which I think would be better. Uh, and I'm amazed that that like they went to the G10 without. You know, without taking that away, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's got time for real time? Well, but it's just like it's just a piece of software. <laughs> that's it's a great a quote. Of, yeah, who's got time for real time? <laughs> it's just a piece of software. You know, that's the, the, the that's the, it goes back yeah. to the statement I keep making that why can't these camera manufacturers just open up some of the controls so that there's programmatic access to it, and all of these little things would just come for free. Right. Right. Mm. Yeah. Darn it. Yeah. Well, Alex, yeah, well, what I'll, I'll sign the petition. What, what kind of Alex? What kind of things are you are you shooting that you need time lapse for? Well, I mean, the, the main thing that I'm shooting right now is, and we're, we we wanted to do this for a while, but we want to shoot anytime we're setting up for a shoot. So whether it's in our office or whether it's in, you know, there's a big process of of setting up these things. Uh, right now, I'm working on you know on a film where there's a film crew of thirty or forty people, 
and they're setting up uh, they're setting up jibs and they're setting up uh, dolly tracks and they're setting up all the lights and everything else. And it's kind of cool to watch the whole thing get built up, you know. And, and, and so, and a time lapse is perfect for that. And and it, what I was amazed at is that I was like, oh yeah, my G nine that I used to have, oh that had it. And then I just figured every camera had it. Like it didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. So I got, you know, of course I went through the LX three thinking thinking there's no way this can't be on in here. You know, it was just it just seemed so obvious. And uh, yes, there is a way that there can't be, it can't be in there. And then what was worse was I almost bought a G ten. Until I figured out that the G10 didn't have it, and I was like, I didn't know that it didn't have time lapse. I know they 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 reduced the resolution of the video in there, but I know they they cut they cut the uh, time lapse out as well. Backwards in time, jeez. Yeah, that that was so. It was just uh, very annoying. So, which is interesting because if you go to Amazon.com, the G9 sells for more than the G10, and usually mm-hmm. that's a great indicator that the manufacturer screwed up. <laughs> yep. You know, is that people are when, when you see the old version uh, having more demand than the new version, uh, you have an issue there. So, ultimate time lapse subject would be Steve setting up his Drobo. <laughs> <laughs> cue, cue the soap opera music. That's right. That'll be a, a life a lifelong project. <laughs> Your life's work. A quick reminder: uh, we've got uh, a the photo assignment is in week three. Humor. And uh, so make sure to check that out on the Flickr. We also had poll results. Uh, do you think we should you know, put the lens cap off or put it back on? 70%, 69.7% said we should take the lens cap off mm-hmm. at the end of it. Only 30.3% thought we should put it back on. So I'm vindicated. I guess I guess we're going to be taking it off from now on. You know, you know. I think that's that's the direction. Now the the uh, the next question is: Do you? We talked about this last week. Do you do you color calibrate your monitor? So uh, the, you you can say no. My my monitor is set the way it came out of the box. No, I have set it and it looks good and comfortable to my eye. Yes, but I only by eye with the on screen guide. Or yes, using a dedicated hardware calibration system. But check that out. That's at twipphoto.com. And now we're in for our, our main discussion. And our main discussion this week is actually holiday gifts. So we're all going to kind of go through and talk about uh, a couple gifts that we think uh, would be uh, useful. I, I, some people are procrastinators, and you're getting to that last week. You're trying to think of something. And since you're listening to the show, either, you know, this might be a good show that you could just kind of, you know, if, if you're listening to the show and your, uh, your loved ones are not listening to the show, you can just throw this, just secretly put this in their MP3 player, and it'll just give them some, a list of ideas <laughs> of things that they could get you, you know, uh, or you could get these for your uh, photography friends. So let's start with Steve. Steve, do you have a couple suggestions of, uh, now we tried, I think we tried to keep most of these below $200, uh, and, uh, and a lot of them are below $20, uh, of just little things that you could get for people who are into photography. Steve, give us your top three. Do we lose Steve? <laughs> we lost Steve. See, I threw it. I threw Steve, it Steve, Steve doesn't celebrate Christmas. So. <laughs> I lost Steve. I lost Steve. We, hold on. Guys, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there he is. oh so that's, that's what that switch was. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. Um, you know, I, I, I don't celebrate Christmas, but I am. I'm, I'm, I will accept gifts. There you go. <laughs> exactly. But actually, I do celebrate Christmas. I have to, uh, you know, there's nothing more painful than to watch a, a Jew go pick up a Christmas tree. Because I'm carrying <laughs> it sort of with two fingers, feeling a little uncomfortable as I bring it back to the apartment. Nice. But anyway, sorry. Uh, you want to start, start again that part? Yeah. So, I think so it's wonderful. What is your, uh, do you have a couple of suggestions that people are buying gifts for any, for the, for the, uh, for the season? Uh, yeah, yeah. What, what, would I, you, what would you suggest? What are your top um, three? Okay, well, um, top three. Boy, that's hard. I wanted to say them all. But um, I just came across a beautiful book by my, one of my mentors, Eugene Richards, called The Blue Room, where he photographed. I'm not exactly sure what the premise was, but he's got these beautiful, evocative color images. It's published by Fiden. Uh, Eugene Richards normally works in black and white, but this is sort of his first color work. And boy, is it, is it really uh, a beautiful, beautiful book. Um, so I would I would take a look at that. I mean, it's not going to be for everybody, but no, it's, certainly for, it's certainly for me. I, I would love that book. It's very expensive too, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I put down uh, Lazolite 
EasyBox Softbox, which is a, a great softbox that's easy to set up. It, you use it for your you know, small camera flash, your Canon or Nikon or whatever. Uh, beautiful soft quality of light, very similar to a bigger sort of you know, studio light type setup, only it's for your little head. And, and it, it, it definitely works um, beautifully. It works great with this telescopic handle. It's, it's about $160. It's not totally cheap. Um, the other thing, a Domkey vest. I wear a Domkey vest. I don't know if you guys wear a vest. Maybe it's a little geeky, but it's certainly um, convenient. And, you know, the only downside is it's got 120 pockets. And if you can't remember where you put your one thing, it takes you about 20 minutes to find it. But, you know, that's okay. Um, and, and then lastly, I'll just lump them together. Um, uh, a Dymo labeler. My life has changed now that I've labeled everything. They have this great little lab- label writer labeler, and they also have this thing that um, it's called. Um, uh, well, what's it called? <laughs> it it will it will write it will it will um, it's for for CDs and DVDs and allows you to put uh, make these great labels. Very professional. If you're a photographer that does any kind of professional work, you can deliver your client a CD professionally printed with a photograph, and it, it's really fantastic. Um, and it works really. These work really, really well. What you end up doing is you end up buying a they're white CDs. So it's not don't you don't want to think about these being the stickers because you don't really you don't no. want to don't ever put stickers on the top of your CDs because people with Macintoshes at least put them into our computer and they never come back out again. The Dymo Disc Painter, it's called, and it's a unique item. It's about two hundred two hundred twenty dollars, um, but it works really well, and you know it pays for itself if you've got if you're working in the commercial world where you have to give your images on a CD or a DVD. It's it's fantastic. And um, yeah, the other one I saw Fred had also picked, so I'll let him. him. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, and the the uh, uh, one the labeler is something we have. I don't know what label we have. This crazy labeler at the office. Uh, one of those ones that put, puts out little strips of you know it, it, it laser or yeah laser prints these little strips of stickers so that you can put stuff on your stuff. And ev- literally everything I'm looking at right now has little stickers on everything. Even my iPhone has stickers on the back that say. Alex, you know, and and, and uh, has my phone number and my email, and and because uh, I, as you guys may have guessed by listening to the show, I lose things every once in a while, and uh, and also you're working in production. If you're working in production, you have a lot of people uh, using stuff. It's just nice to know who's is what, like whose power brick is is yours. Uh, that's usually the most important thing. The Di- the Dymo Label Writer Twin Turbo allows you. To, it gives you shipping labels, and it it sort of goes right from your. If you're a Mac user, it uses um, your address book, so it allows you to sort of easily and quickly. And it you, you don't need ink. It's it's one of those printers that um, doesn't need any ink. You just have to buy the special labels. It's extremely fast, and uh, it allows you to organize your life. And you know, January is coming up. It's the year when everyone gets organized. Perfect. So 2009. Fantastic. Ron, uh, what, what are your suggestions? Uh, the first one I want to call out is my favorite backpack, camera bag backpack, is the Kata Sensitivity 5. Sensitive? And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a little different than your traditional camera backpack. It's, it's very soft. It's made of the neoprene kind of material. This is the one that you showed on, on, an, on an earlier episode of... Uh, yeah, for, for people that haven't been following the you know, Twip photo for a while, if, uh, or actually even in the, in the podcast feed, if you go back a ways, there's uh, Alex and I sat down and kind of went through my backpack, and uh, you can sort of see that in action. But I like it a lot because it uh, doesn't really look like a camera bag. It's the, the soft material means that you can really cram it full of stuff, and it sort of expands to fit uh, and it just you know it wears nicely. It's not a it's not a big backpack. I can fit you know the main body and a couple of lenses and then a few other miscellaneous things shoved into it. A lot of times that's about all I need. And uh, so that that would be my recommend. And, and it's reasonably priced. It's under a hundred dollars. So that's it's great. you know it's worth having in, in your <laughs> in your collection of uh, camera bags as we all have. Um, another one I was going to call out is a little tiny tripod called the UltraPod Two. Um, we all it's, it's same thing with with camera bags, right? We all have us. These ultra pods are fantastic. Yeah, and we all have this collection of tripods. This is just a very minimal one that uh, you know doesn't have extendable legs or anything like that. It's good for sitting on a tabletop. It's got a little tiny ball head that's reasonably good with heavy stuff. So I you know I, I can put uh, like my my forty D with uh, a medium sized lens on it, and it'll generally do okay with it. Um, well, and that's but it's just a heavy thing. There's a lot of little tripods. Then this one, this one's just a lot more burly. 
Yeah, and the nice thing about it too is that it it, uh, it has this sort of strap configuration where it's sort of it's it's uh, you know like a Velcro strap that makes it easy to kind of attach it to a pole or a tree branch or something like that. So it's it gives you a little bit more like the I think somebody else is going to talk about the Gorilla Pod or has mentioned that as one of the nice tripods to have too. This one, you know. It, Depending on your situation, one's better than the other, and it's nice to have a few a few different ones. And um, and then just to kind of pair up with Steve's suggestion of some sort of a camera vest, for me personally, I I, uh, I like having just cargo pants with lots of pockets in them instead. Um, yeah, I, I I think I'm on I, generally when I'm yeah, when I'm in production, some almost anywhere I have two or three different cargo pants <laughs> for everything and it, it and that really it really saved me one time i was i was in india at the taj mahal and i uh, had my camera bag and everything with me and then they found out that you're not allowed to take bags into you know into the main courtyard and, and everything which is you know sort of like uh <laughs> you get there and you feel like you've been cut off at the knees but they did let me put all my lenses into the pockets that i had on uh, in my cargo pants so i was still able to carry around a few extra lenses and stuff that i needed yeah, and the cargo and one of my big things about cargo pants is zippers. So I like I like almost all of my. It's very hard to find. Let me tell you, I like all my stuff to zip shut because when I yep. otherwise they fall stuff falls out of them when you're in the flight. That's what I find. So yes, what else? Uh, that was my three, but I, the, the one other little sort of stocking stuffer thing I would suggest is that as a photographer, you can never have too many lens cloths because, you know, you shove them into a pocket here and a pocket there and you have, you know, you're there and, and whenever you need them, you just want to just reach and grab one if you're shooting in especially uh, wet conditions. So having, you know, when I'm traveling, I often have three or four of them shoved into different pockets at any given time. Definitely. And uh, you, you, what, one more? Wow, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, the other one I, I would suggest that people haven't played with them is uh, extension tubes, uh, a way of sort of converting a regular lens into a macro close-up lens. And typically, they're not that expensive, are they? No, you can get a set. You know, different sets give you different kind of close focusing capabilities. You can get a set of three for I don't remember how much I paid. It's under two hundred dollars, certainly. Or you can even just get one. And what it lets you do? I mean, I usually just carry one around with me, and you pair that with like the fifty millimeter one point four that I always have, uh, and it, it lets you use that to close focus and do macro photography. Fantastic. Hey, Fred, what do you have? What, what's, your, what's on your list? You know, I, I was thinking about this, and I know we, we shared our lists earlier, uh, but, you know, I was thinking the audience for, for This Week in Photography or TWIP is photographers, right? So, you know, I, I was looking at my list, and I was like, these are all gifts that I would want to give to a photographer. So there's two things. So presuming that, presuming that the people that are listening to this are going to want to give gifts to photographers, I'll run down my things here. But my top-level thing for people, for photographers to give to their loved ones, friends, and family Makeups. is photos. <laughs> so give your, you know, you have all these photos that you've been taking, you know, throughout the year, frame up some of those or frame up one or two of those and give them to people, you know, take pictures of your family and frame it and mat it, wrap it up and give it to them. And it, it usually blows people away. So that's, that's my number one thing. And then, uh, you know, if you're giving stuff to other photographers, uh, you know, there's some little, you know, depending on if you, you know, like, love, or are in love with the person, you know, <laughs> I would say if you like someone, you know, you just want to give them something that's, uh, you know, relatively inexpensive and you don't want to, you know, get the, uh, you know, break the bank on it. There's this cool thing called a bottle cap tripod that's, uh, that's sold from a store on Photo Jojo. It's photojojo.com slash store. And they have a, a bunch of these things that I'm, uh, that I have on my list there. And basically, you know, it's, you look at these, like the, the standard threading on top, on the top of bottled water and a bunch like soda, it's all the same. So what they did was they made this little, this little bottle cap so with awesome. a tripod. I have to get one of these. I have to get yeah. one of these. That I gotta get one too. I know. That's, yeah. that's my favorite. You know, if you're traveling somewhere, and, you know, or you're, you're recording video with your G9 and you don't have a tripod with you or something, yeah. you can just screw it to the top of the water that you're carrying around and set it down and, you know, you're good to go. So I thought that was pretty cool. It was relatively inexpensive. 
So that would I put that in the like category. So in the love category. So if you're giving something to a photographer that you you know you you love, friend or family or whatever, I would say the uh, the lens baby 3G. So that's a uh, you know that's something that I I've had my eye on for a while. I have the old lens baby that had the uh, sort of the Frankenstein bolts coming out of it. The new one, the new 3G is really slick. Has a sort of an articulated ball and socket joint on it that you can. Just sort of move around fluidly. Yeah. And I was, I was thinking, you know, depending on how much of our audience has invested in that 5D Mark II or D90 that shoots video, wouldn't it be cool if you took one of these lens babies and slapped it onto one of those cameras that shoots video and then record video, you know, through the lens baby? That, that could make for some really interesting footage there. Yeah. And then my last thing for the person that you're in love with, you know, if you're in love with another photographer and money is no object, um, the, the Nikon, well, you know, aside from taking them on a cruise or something, but the Nikon D700 is the camera that, uh, that I've fallen and, in love with. And you've got to make oh. sure you really know them because if you, if you <laughs> give them the D700 and you should have taken them on a cruise, it's going to be bad. It's not going to be yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't show up at some stranger photographer's house, you know, or, and put a D seven hundred on their porch and hold this, you know, the speakers up outside. You I know, think more importantly, up. more importantly, don't don't give it to your girlfriend unless she's really into photography. Because if you yeah. give it to her and she says, "You you spent how much on this?" and we've gone <laughs> on a cruise. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, again, if money's no object, you know, so it's, uh, you know, I've, I've fallen in love with that camera over the past several months and I, I do have a D3 and the D700. I was lucky enough to have both of those cameras. And I got to tell you that D700 uh, goes with me, you know, three times out of, out of 10 or, or out of five, actually. So it's, it's usually with me. Fantastic. Aaron, what, what, what's on your list? I had a, several things ranging from pretty inexpensive to kind of pricey, but since we're going to take kind of the last-minute approach, I'm going to go with some of the less expensive items. Um, one, I'd say the Optech Pro Loop Strap, which is the, you know a camera strap for as a neck strap or you know to sling over your arm. And I just have to say that the ones that come with my Canons always felt like they're going to saw my head off at the neck. So uh, the Optech Pro Loop Strap has that kind of a nice uh, neoprene, stretchy, padded you know, main body to it, and it really does feel like it takes a couple pounds off your cameras. And if you're carrying I, I two agree. camera bodies with you, it, it's a lifesaver over, you know, a period of hours or days running around with them. Yeah, um, I, I agree. That's, uh, that's exactly what I put on my camera, too, and I really like it. And it's, you know, it's nicely reconfigurable. You can sort of um, detach the main part of the strap and put together a really short strap if you just want to carry something uh, Mm, that's true. Right? Your hand too. I'd actually forgotten about the fact you can disconnect it and make it into a hand strap, essentially as well. I haven't actually done that, but I'd forgotten that feature was there. Um, and they're very inexpensive. I think. I mean, they, I, I suspect they're under twenty dollars. I mean, do you remember, Ron? I don't. I don't even remember. I've had them I don't for remember, years. But yeah, it's you know, you're, yeah. You're, if you're still you know using the strap that came with your camera, you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> those things are painful. I have to say. I mean, if you want to advertise the camera brand, you know. Feel free to put it on, but otherwise I'd go with these. Um, the uh, Giados, I think it's Giados, or it's pronounced the Rocket Air Blowers. Um, they're looks some of the best uh, air blowers I've ever seen. Um, they're they're really well made. They're made so that uh, they puff air out, but when you you know release them, the air is sucked in the back, so you don't you know kick dust back into your camera. You know in the process, um, they do look kind of like a strange explosive or a hand grenade. Um, and I will tell you that I have taken them through Secret Service checks before when shooting political events, and they definitely get their knickers in a twist um, pretty quickly when they see that in your camera bag. But um, it goes okay after a moment, but uh, once they understand what it is. But it's, it's a little dangerous looking, but um, I will tell you it's the best air blower I've ever seen for, for blowing some dust out of lenses. Or, is there a reason for a reason for it to look like a missile? You know, I, well, I, I guess the shape and the design of it. I guess it allows you to set it up the way they have it set there. Yeah, there's a certain necessity to the design, and I think beyond that, maybe they just carried it into that shape as a marketing thing, you know, just to make it recognizable. I'm not sure, but uh, but I, I will say it is a fantastic air blower, and it's really flexible, so it's something I can kind of cram down the bottom of my camera bag and squish it up under stuff if you know if space is uh, is at a premium. And uh, as far as um, lower priced items, I will say. 
if somebody's doing uh, has some web skills, you want to put your photos online. You want to do some uh, some really versatile slideshow work with your photos online. And, and I'm not going to suggest this for absolute beginners. I mean, you you, really, you need a little bit of experience with with web design or or access to the servers that you're going to put things on. But I would really highly recommend Slideshow Pro and Director. Um, they're two applications or web-based applications that go together. Um, that's the site is slideshowpro.net. The, the guy who's been designing that has been doing fantastic work with it. And I remember buying my copy when he was still doing it on the side, and, it, and it's mushroomed so much now that it's his full-time job now just supporting this product. And uh, it, what it is, Slideshow Pro is a, is a Flash-based uh, slideshow player, and Director is an accompanying app that he wrote that lets you do all of your slideshow composition you know, completely online through the web. So once you've got it installed, or if you get your service provider or somebody you know to put it on your system for you, if you don't have those skills, once it's in place, you can upload your files, choreograph everything, set music to them, integrate video, and so on. And I will say the user interface and the quality of the presentation is pretty fantastic. So, uh, and I, I, those are fairly inexpensive purchase as well. And, and if it's a last-minute gift, there's no tangible product to be shipped there. So you could you could buy it and give a license, you know, code to your loved one or friend, and and uh, have yeah, a. They got to find a better way to. They, they got to find a good way to, to, to present license codes. You know, it's got to be yeah. maybe maybe you have maybe you print it out and put mm. it on a little card and here's your license code. You know that. Uh. <laughs> it's just not sexy, is it? You know, when you open up your box under the tree and then, boom, it's a license code. I don't know. <laughs> just. So the, uh, uh, for me, I, I think that I, one thing I want, I want to build on something that, that Fred said that, that the, uh, is that I, I, give a, I do give books. You know, so I, I gave one last, you know, last year. My, my son had just been born, and so there was a good reason to take a whole lot of photos. And, uh, and then I gave those books to my, uh, to my parents and my parents-in-law and, and my grandmother, and they were ecstatic. And the fact that you can give a bound book that's custom is a really great thing. And a lot of, there's a lot of services out there. If you have iPhoto or Aperture, of course. And does Lightroom print, print books as well, Fred? No, no, it doesn't. Not right now. You have to uh, do that outside of the app. So you're, but there's a ton of outside uh, vendors that do that. Out of, out, and I have to admit that one of the reasons that holds me into uh, into Aperture is that I, as I sit there, you know, with with my my, you know, I, I, we've been using Lightroom, and about half the office is using Lightroom right now um, for a bunch of the stuff that they 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 wanted to use some of the editing features. And the, one of the things that keeps me from just, you know, the, you know, I think about it, and then I I look at it, and I, I make all these books. I do make a lot of books out of out of Aperture. And so, right. uh, and I'm very addicted to that. And it's so easy to do uh, out of iPhoto and Aperture that, and, and you had something to do with that, right? I did, yeah. I used to, uh, used to be involved with managing the, the books and prints business for Apple uh, that now drives both the books and prints in iPhoto and, and Aperture. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. You, you did good on that, Fred. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Such a great no, service. It's, it's such an amazing um, gift, you know, the books that you describe, Alex. I mean, they're so personal and meaningful. But I have to ask you guys, I mean, it's one thing to give the gift of images that people can relate to, you know, relatives and so on. But to give kind of like your landscape picture or, you know, a picture that you love, it's, it's almost like buying clothes. Because if the other person isn't as crazy about that photo, you know, maybe it's not going to be the right thing. I just, you know, I, I was just thinking, I, you could just download a bunch of stuff from Flickr and just print it out, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> these are a bunch of good photos from Flickr. Here's a book, you know. And, <laughs> but, you know, speaking speaking of books, so Alex, you know, just to piggyback on there, so giving giving your work as a book, I think, brilliant or prints or whatever, but also, you know, consider just giving photography like tutorial books like peach pit press has a ton of books out there on different like photoshop lightroom aperture all that stuff you know so you know a a box under the tree with a bunch of books in it is uh is a gift that i would love i'm a i'm a book fiend and the other the other thing that i got for my for my parents you know because there's i have this constant pressure to send photos now and uh i got i got a new uh uh a new frame for my for my parents that's the impact five the east starling impact five it, mm. You can upload not only stills but video to a website, and it simply downloads. It, it, they don't even need to connect it to their computer. They don't. So once I get it set up, I mean, I, this is it, it, it's it's worked so far. But once I once I get it set up in their house, it'll be sitting on their wall, and I can change what's on the in the frame anywhere in the world, and including wow. video, including video. 
Because I have the old one, and yeah. it you can you can tie it to a Flickr account or email it photos, but it didn't say anything about video. No, so the new one you can do video with? This is brand new, the Impact 5, and it's $199. I, I bought more than one, so I got 10% off. So uh, uh, it's it's a really uh, it's a great way to keep everybody in sync. You know, if if I had more money, I'd buy if you know if I had more money, I'd buy one for everyone in the family, and then and get them to buy one. You know, you just, everyone buys them, and then you just put up a little frame set of you know five or six frames, and you get to see what everybody's doing. To me, that's the future. So uh, yeah. so definitely check that out. As far as less expensive stuff, uh, uh, you know, I have this this little now the one that I have is by Hakuba, and this is a pen and brush. Have you guys do you guys use this at all? These little, yeah. uh, do, you, do you like them? Yeah, I have, uh, you're talking about the little, it's just a lens cleaner brush, right? Yeah, but it, uh, so it has a little bit of sort of, uh, what is, is it, like graphite uh, cleaning on a, on a foam pad and then a little brush on it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have that one. Isn't it radioactive or something? I thought it was, uh, I had an ice or something on there. <laughs> but, I, but what I do know is that it's just so awesome to have something in my, you know, something that's in my, uh, 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 bag that's like you know I can just pull it out I can sit, sit it somewhere and I just know that it doesn't have a lot of stuff on it and I can brush off, I can brush on one side and clean the lens on the other and um, you know I I use it constantly I mean, it's and, and, and I guess I'll stop carrying it in my front pocket then if it's radioactive <laughs> <laughs> I swear I heard it was so you might want to look into that ah, you started a huge rumor See, Fred Fred has ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to be afraid of this. I, I tried to suggest it. Now no one's going to buy it because Fred, Fred, <laughs> radioactivity <laughs> is is very you know it's misunderstood. It's not all bad when when used <laughs> in moderation. <laughs> also on uh, on my list is the Gorillapod. I think a lot of us are talking about tripods. The I have uh, both the big Gorillapod and the little Gorillapod, and. Uh, you know, the big Gorilla Pod is great for when you're using an SLR. The little Gorilla Pod is, is fantastic when you have a point and shoot. And these are just, you know, I don't even know what, I, I've gotten to the point, I've had, had them for a couple of years now. I've gotten to a point where I don't even know what I would do without my Gorilla Pod in my bag. Because I just, I'm, I, I forgot it when I came to Japan, I had to buy another one here. Uh, because I just, you know, you can wrap, basically a Gorilla Pod has this big flexible tripod and you can wrap it to anything. So when I'm shooting, for instance, these time lapses that I've been working on, you know, I just wrap them to a tree. I, I mean, literally, I just wrapped it to a tree and stuck it there. And uh, or then, the, then like li- an hour later, I'm wrapping it to a fence. And all of these are things that would be very difficult to do otherwise. And so, I just think that it's just one of those things that uh, I think a lot of photographers don't even know it exists. You know, I think it's now becoming much more uh, known. But uh, it was. Um, it's been one of those things that, I, you know, I, uh, when I talk about it, people still look at it like, wow, that's really weird. And, uh, and it's just a great thing to have in there. And then my last uh, pick is the uh, 50 millimeter, 1.8 or 1.4. Yep. 1.4 <laughs> if you want to go pricier, 1.2 if you want to go crazy. But everybody who has an, a DSLR should have a fast 50, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, really, really fast 50. It is the way, in, in my opinion, for someone who's just just you know, not a, you're not, you don't have a ton of lenses, but you want to take family photos. These are the photos that you're going to put up on the wall. You know, I, you know, you have really, really short depth of field. You have really these kind of artistic photos. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people ask me, oh, how did you shoot that photo? And I'm just like, I had a cheap little 50 millimeter lens on it. And, uh, and that is, uh, it, it's just one of the secrets to taking this kind of artsy, really short depth of field. And, and it's not that expensive. Yeah. A 50 millimeter lens uh, for either a Nikon or Canon is usually in the vicinity of you can start at a 1.8 lens. You can probably start at 100 bucks. It's like 68 bucks. 68 dollars. It's 70 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not expensive. Now you can spend a little bit more. Uh, you know, I often my brother has the 1.4, and I keep on thinking I should go buy a 1.4. It's worth it. I buy specialty lenses. You know, the last lens I bought was the the Sigma, you know, eight millimeter, which is a little bit more expensive. <laughs> so. Yep. Uh, uh, and so, anyway, so now those are our picks. We, we now we're going to have uh, we're going to have these on in the show notes. In fact, I think we're going to include uh, Aaron. We'll, we'll include all of these because we we didn't cover all of them, uh, but we'll get all. You should of put those. Scott's Scott's list up there as yeah, well. He had we'll a couple Scott's of good ones. So I, I should probably, you know, Scott Scott mentioned uh, some of the Nick software stuff, and uh, I know he's a big fan of that. There's the lens coat, which if you're an outdoor wildlife photographer, it's this cool. Uh, sort of zip 
coverings for your lenses and your camera that uh, insulate it, but also sort of camouflage it. Yep. So he's got some good stuff on there too. Yeah, and and, uh, and so so Scott, uh, we'll have Scotts up there. Uh, we'll have other ones that we didn't talk about on the show. So definitely go up to twitphoto.com and uh, check out our other picks of the uh, uh, for Christmas. And uh, I think we are now. We, we want to make sure that we uh, thank. We have we have to we we've been. Uh, it, this is very important. We have to send people to a new link here for Drobo. It is drobostore.com. So it's no longer drobo.com slash twip and all this other stuff. It is drobostore.com. Now you just use a coupon code now, and your coupon code is twip, and you get fifty dollars off. Now the. Uh, we, we this is this, people are tuning in. We, we Scott was telling us before the show, before his mic wasn't working, that people are actually tuning in to find out where Steve is in his Drobo drama. <laughs> I'm I'm so calm because when I look at the little blue lights in the front of the Drobo, my my blood pressure goes down. I've got two bays that are filled. I got so I've got the green lights on. I just ordered two more one terabyte drives. Which ones did you so, get? What's that? What did you get? Which ones did you get? Well, I, I went back to Newegg because they seem to have the best price I could find for $104. And I guess it may have been 99 for a while. But for 104 bucks, I got a couple more of the Western Digital green uh, drives, which, you know, they have a 16 meg cache. I know some have 32, but I, I've had no problems. My Drobo is, is, is sort of... Uh, purring although it's not making any noise but it's purring i can tell and uh so i'll fi- i'll fill it with the other two and then i'll have uh three usable uh terabytes of of information and then i'll really get going um organizing so you've that. actually moved images onto your drobo at this point oh yeah no i i oh, have good. i mean i don't know what people are thinking but yeah i've i've uh, i've done that Minutes ago, I've I've done that <laughs> done that quite a while ago. I've 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 had uh, Dad on there for quite a while now. So excellent. And, and you feel safer? I do. I do. Don't I sound calm? Right. I think I, I'm, well, I'm. I do feel safer. You know, it's great. I have this. My I have this big uh, dry. You know, this Drobo. You know, sitting in the office, connected to a Mac Mini, and the Mac Mini's hooked to the T1, and I and I can link into it from anywhere in the world. And so I'm sitting here in Japan, and I can sit there and go grab stuff that I forgot. It's, wow. you know, it's uh, using just uh, screen share, and it's so so awesome to have all of that stuff in one place that you know I know is relatively safe. Of course, uh, you know, the big thing with Drobo is, is that it is redundant hard drives. It's expandable at any time. You don't have to have all the same hard drives. You don't, you know, it's just really easy to put together. So definitely check it out, drobostore.com, and use your coupon code, uh, TWIP, to get $50 off the, for the Firewire. The, the USB one's gone, so forget that. And, uh, but, but go to, go to Drobo, drobostore.com and uh, use TWIP to get uh, your coupon code. That's another, another possible gift there So for people who... Uh, if you see your family, families and friends throwing discs everywhere, give them something that they can uh, put it all into one place. So the, uh, now we have a couple questions here. We're running out of time, but we're going we're gonna to throw a couple questions in here. Now we have one question here. This is from Joel. He says, hi, guys. I have a Nikon D90, and, I, I, and I, he wants a tripod for it. He said, as it shoots video, I, I want it to be crazy smooth, uh, but I also have the ability to, to turn to portrait mode. All the pro photo uh, video tripods I've looked at are great, but lacking the ability to rotate the head. Uh, oh, these are for the fro- I think these are, uh, oh, because he wants to rotate them to the side. Uh, are there any tripods that offer that? Uh, so that the idea is can you have a fluid head that you can also swing sideways to, do, to go into the uh, uh, vertical. vertical mode? Does anyone know of any of those? No, I don't. It sounds like if if there aren't any of those out there, it sounds like a market for uh, some of these tripod head makers to uh, you know build these heads that can that can dual purpose work for people that are shooting video and stills. Because I know you know I I have a video head for you know it's it's nothing like you would have, Alex, but it's it's a tripod that has a fluid head on it. But yeah, I mean it's it's not going to go vertical by any means. But so who knows? Mm. Yeah, the. Uh, um, uh, I'd be willing to bet that Scott would know the answer to this question because it's the same scenario that he has when shooting wildlife where he wants to be able to sort of get a, a horizontal pan to track with the birds but may still want to be shooting in, in portrait mode. 
Is yeah. that with those gimbal things that, that he uses yep. for the well, you can do that, and, and there's a lot of photography. The, the issue is, is that there are a lot of photo tripod heads that will turn and give you the vertical. There are a lot of fluid heads that let you go back and forth. There, we just don't know of any that do the same thing. Do, do it all in one, in one nice little you know, piece. You know, I think that that's the... Uh, uh, only, there's only one tripod head that satisfies your thirst, and that's the bottle cap tripod head. That <laughs> exactly. You can... Well, the, probably won't is, work. the faster you drink, the less stable it becomes. Oh, wait, wait. wait that, <laughs> that happens a lot, doesn't it? All right, all right. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's uh, that's one of the uh, that's, that's one of the little issues with that. But other than that, now another question here we said uh, we have here is I'm introducing my son. This is from uh, Eris uh, Barty, and he said I'm introducing my son to photography, and want to know of a good uh, starter camera. He's nine, so I want a camera that's not too campy, but will show him what he uh, expects to see an iPhoto. Does anyone have any suggestion for uh, a good little point and shoot? I think a lot of the manufacturers have a kind of a lower end, very simple camera. I know Nikon's got a full line of, of, of uh, you know point and shoot cameras, some of which are are pretty simple to operate. And I think I think you know the simpler the better, obviously at this stage because you know he just wants to be able to click and then react and see what see what he's got. Uh, I think and, and you don't want to spend a lot of money necessarily either. It, it it's maybe not money well spent. Yeah, I, I, yeah, the big thing I, I would do with a nine-year-old is, is, and I just bought, I bought when my son was nine, I, I got, and my daughter was, uh, both, when both of them, as they turned about that age, I, I got them a camera, because that's about when I got my first camera. And you just definitely want to get one that doesn't cost uh, too much money, because you don't want to be attached to it. They are going to destroy it. Yeah, I would look into maybe one of the, you know, there's Pentax, I know, makes a weatherproof kind of a camera. There's a few of them out there that are sort of more ruggedized. Uh, Get them something that they can, you know, take wherever they're going. Uh, You can get those without spending too much money. You might also want to try and find something with a nice-sized LCD display on the back because I think a lot of the fun of this is going to be, you know, seeing what they take immediately and also showing it off to people. Yeah, and, and these these Pentax uh, waterproof cameras are not that expensive. The W sixty, the uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's really you're not you're not jumping into a, a huge price range there to uh, get it. I mean, it, it's a little bit more than the, what we were talking about uh, before, uh, but it is. Uh, I do think that having a waterproof one. I know that this <laughs> is not quite buying it for a nine year old, but, but when I bought. Uh, my wife a camera i got her i got her one that was waterproof just because she was with my son i, I just uh, knew that eventually it was going to end up in the in the bath and, uh, <laughs> and it did and uh and it was fine so the uh, they, they never they never lost that camera did they never lost the never lost the uh the waterproof never camera. left it Sorry, on that, an airplane that was like a dig a dig toward you <laughs> <laughs> There's that. I don't break. I don't. I don't break my cameras. I just simply lose them. Exactly. Alex, I wouldn't. Don't look at it as losing gear. Look at it as you're giving back to the universe so that you can get other stuff. I'm giving back to Southwest employees is what I'm doing. You know? So, you know, they've been working hard and and uh, yeah, that's all I gotta say. Not that I'm bitter or anything. So, uh, so anyway, uh, next week. Um, now, next week we have. Uh, we'll talk about. You know, we're gonna. Talk about photography. That's what I'm thinking. That's a great idea. You know, I, was I like thinking, that. I was thinking that next week we may uh, we may just have change this whole thing up and talk about uh, taking pictures hmm. with cameras. Okay, I could do that. You think you can? Ha- you, can you guys sort that out? It's a bit of a stretch, but sure. <laughs> you know, you know. So it's going to be it's going to be the 26th. We're going to feel very uh, warm and, uh, and and very uh, you know uh, relaxed. So you'll find that all of our voices are very low, um, and, but we'll be coming in then. And so um, definitely uh, tune in for that. That'll be coming out. So we're not going to miss a beat here. And, um, and anyway, that's about it. Now, does anyone have a good tip for the week before we sign off here? Mm. I have a tip for the week that I, uh, I wanted to use as the site of the week, but I'm going to throw it in as a tip of the week. Um, so there's this cool site out there called 12seconds.tv that... Um, Basically, you go to the site. They're they're like a Twitter clone, but using video, and you can only record twelve seconds uh, of video. Um, but the cool thing is, they just released yesterday this uh, iPhone 
application. Now, everybody knows the iPhone doesn't support Flash and doesn't have video, but what they did is they allow you to either select three images from the library that's already in your phone uh, or uh, pick three images from uh, or take three images with the camera, record some narrative, 12 seconds of narrative, and then it shoots, it shoots everything up to the server and then creates this little Ken Burns 12-second slideshow, you know, that you can, uh, then it goes into your stream. So it's actually, it's actually really cool. It's actually sort of an exercise in this bite-sized media movement that I'm seeing a lot of. So that's, that's my little tip. Try that out. Maybe I'll, I'll just throw in a quick little thing, and that is, you know, it's the end of the year, so it's a good time to maybe go back over the stuff we've shot this year, get organized, you know, get those portfolio images together, get your portfolio together, and maybe start thinking about New Year's photographic resolutions. Maybe we could make some of our own. Um, that's for next week. Yeah, exactly. That, that, sound, that, sounds, that sounds great. So we'll, uh, we'll definitely uh, talk about that. That's a great. And using the little time off for those of you who are getting some time off. Uh, for the Christmas break is a great time to get, try to get some sense of last year's photography. If, if you're like me, there you've shot tens of thousands, or yeah, over ten thousand photos, and there's a lot of things to to sort through. And uh, once you get behind on it, you'll never catch up. So, I think I think Steve's uh, suggestion on that is fantastic. Yep. Um, and so uh, so make sure to tune in, Steve. Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at uh, stevesimonphoto.com and, of course, uh, Twitter slash Steve Simon. That's Twitter with two Ts slash Steve Simon. Excellent. And, Ron, where can people find you? Twitter is Ron Brinkman, R-O-N-B-R-I-N-K-M-A-N-N, uh, or digitalcomposting.com is my blog. Fantastic. Fred, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on my blog at Frederick Van. It's F R E D E R I C K Van dot com, or the same name on the Twitters, Frederick Van. And Aaron, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on my blog, which is painfully need of an update, which I'll try and do over the holiday. It's uh, half. Is that, is that the URL, Aaron? <laughs> painfully need. <laughs> That's be. a great one. Painfully need of an update. Probably taken it. I'm, I guarantee you. <laughs> Uh, halfpress.com and uh, and also on the Twitters as well as Halfpress H-A-L-F-P-R-E-S-S Great and uh, until next week you can take that lens cap right off